Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Good morning. Good to see each of you here. Merry Christmas to you all. And this morning we want to finish up our series, Why Christmas? The last several weeks we've looked at Why Christmas? Because God keeps His Word. God came to the earth. God shows his love for us, and this morning we want to look at how God offers everything that Do you believe that? That's the question. Do you believe that God offers to you everything that you need? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to look at 12 different things, and um, it made me think of the 12 days of Christmas, and if you know a little bit of history of the 12 days of Christmas, it dates back to 1780. Um, some of you were around then, a few of us weren't. 1780, in an English children's book called Mirth Without Mischief. And, uh, and it centers around uh, the, the 12 days after Christmas. So some people think it has to do with 12 days leading up to Christmas. That's actually Advent. And so uh, Advent leads up to the coming of Jesus. The 12 days of Christmas is after and it starts on Christmas Day, the first day, and then it goes till January 6th. Um, it could be called Three Kings Day or Epiphany, or as some would have done this in the past, in the history, they would throw a 12th night party. A 12th night party. Sounds like another reason to have another large get-together to me. It sounds great to me. We'll do Christmas, New Year's, and then... Uh, we'll do uh, a 12th night party on January 6th. Um, there have been some who have speculated that the 12 days of Christmas actually teaches the theology um, uh, of, of some certain um, um, characteristics of Scripture. Um, that's, that's hard. You have to stretch that. That's probably not true. Uh, it was probably just a children's uh, rhyme that put together. Um, and so... Uh, it's something fun, something that maybe you find the song annoying because it keeps singing over and over and over again. Uh, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree, right? So this morning, we aren't going to look at those 12 items or 12 things. We're actually going to look at the 12 things that... I believe God offers to us. And when we think about it, it, the list could be a lot more. All right. I just knew that you probably didn't want to sit through an hour long sermon. So I cut it to 12. All right. There's a lot more. Um, as we read through scripture, we see how when, how, when Jesus comes, he, he is the fulfillment of God's word and his promises. And it shows us that God is worthy to be trusted and that we can find in our God every single thing that we need for living on this earth. And so we want to dig into that in here just a moment. But would you pray with me before we dig in? Lord, thank you for the opportunity to look at your word this morning. And as we think of why Christmas, as we've studied this throughout this month, Lord, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can see the truth in it. And, and Lord, we're, we're so thankful that you are a God who does keep his word and that you, God, you came to this earth and that you showed us what love really is. 
Um, you didn't send somebody else. You didn't send somebody to do what was needed most for us. God, you yourself came just as you had promised, coming as a man, fully man and yet fully God, ultimately leading to the cross, living a perfect and sinless life. And Jesus took our punishment upon that cross so that we could be forgiven so that we could have the forgiveness of our sins and so that we could enjoy you for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for that. I pray that as we dig in and we look at these 12 truths this morning of what you offer uh, to us, Lord, I pray that it just would resonate in our minds, in our hearts. We would leave here challenged. We would leave here encouraged. Lord, we would, we would leave here a little bit more humble, knowing that there's nothing here on this earth even other men and women, our friends, our family, can't offer what you offer. Lord, you offer to be everything that we need. And I thank you so much for that. Bless our time here. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're just going to dig right in here. I want to go through these 12. Some we'll spend a little bit more time on than the others. Um, there might be verses that you can think of that maybe you would jot down uh, next to these um, next to these 12, but I, I just, again, encourage you uh, as you think about, is there something that you need in life that God has not promised to provide you? It's an interesting thought. So first, number one, God promises this. He promises us life, life salvation, right? We were dead in our trespasses, the scripture says, but now we are made alive through Jesus. Uh, that familiar verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have what? Everlasting, eternal life. Jesus offers us life. I love what Acts 2.21 says. It says, come to pass that anyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. Saved from what? Remember when we looked at Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, their punishment was not only being cast out of the garden, but their punishment was death. And that passed on from one man to another man through generation after generation after generation because of the condition of our heart, because of sin. And yet here, when we call upon the, the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, we can be saved from death. So Jesus offers us life. He offers us salvation. Number two, he offers us acceptance, an everlasting relationship. We get to have a forever relationship with God. John 6, 37 says this, and all that the Father gives me, I will come, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will what? Never cast out. I will never reject them. For those of us who have claimed Jesus as our Savior, we will always be accepted by God. Now, some people don't, they, they, they struggle with that. And, and rightfully so, 
because we look on the tangible. We look on the deeds of what people do. Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, the sacrifice that Jesus made was just as sufficient for my sins as it was for any other person's sins upon this earth. Paul says, does that give us liberty that we can continue to sin, that grace may abound? No, it doesn't give us a license to go live however we want. But that doesn't neglect the promise that we have that we will always be accepted by our Heavenly Father. What a precious gift that we've been accepted. Third is this, we've been given a purpose. We've been given a purpose. In Matthew 4, 19, Jesus, as he's calling his disciples, he tells them, hey, I'm, I've got something different for you. I've got a different purpose and I've got a different plan for you. And he says this, follow me and I will what? I will make you fishers of men. And their lives dramatically changed as they followed him. And when we follow Jesus, he gives us purpose that the world and no one else can give us. So while you may have an occupation that God has given you to help pay the bills and, and, and to use the gifts and abilities that God has given you, you have a purpose and that purpose is ultimately to live your life for him. We see this played out in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. When Solomon is searching and he says, I've searched everything. I've looked for everything through toil, through hard work, through, through these joyous occasions. And he says this, the end of the matter is this. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of God. The whole duty of man. That we are here to ultimately bring glory to who? Not to ourselves. The purpose of why we continue to live is not to make ourselves look good, but ultimately to glorify God. Psalm 57 verse, verse 2 says this. The psalmist says, cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose in me. So don't you think it would be true for us today, just as God had a purpose for the psalmist, that God would have a purpose for you and for me? Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. As a lot of people grow older and their world starts to begin to shrink and their influence, they, they, they lose loved ones and friends, and then they begin to question and say, I don't even know why I'm still here. God has a purpose for you, and ultimately that purpose is to bring him glory. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 says this. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. Remember who the creator is and remember who the creation is. We have a creator and we are the creation and we were made for his glory. That's our purpose. And so if you're looking for a purpose, you cry out to God and say, God, I am here to bring you glory. Let me know how I can best do that. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says it this way, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. See, the purpose of why we've been called to him is that we may be made in his image to bring him glory. God wants us 
to be more like his son, Jesus. So if he's called us to that purpose, we can take great confidence that he's going to give us what we need in order to fulfill those purposes. Number four, number four, God offers to us direction or guidance. Luke six forty seven says this, it says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. Interesting study that maybe you could start, that you could do in this new year. But every time Jesus says, I will, uh, look it up in, in the Gospels and see how, how he fulfills that promise. I will, and here he says, I will show you. We don't have a God who just says, okay, you go do your own thing. God has promised that he's going to give us direction, that he's going to guide us. He will help us one step at a time. Often we want the whole path illumined, right? We want the whole pathway. Let me see where you're, where you're leading me, God, and then I'll follow you. Where's the end of the rainbow? And I'll get there. No, he says one step. Often he says one day at a time. You be faithful to me and I will guide you and I will show you for those who are following Jesus, God offers to be our direction and our guidance. Fifth is this identity. God gives us our identity through Jesus, our identity. First John three, verse one, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Or back in my Awana days when I learned this verse, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Our identity is that we are God's children. You have an identity. You don't get to pick that. You don't get to choose that. You don't get to do whatever you want to do. In fact, God in his goodness has already given us everything that we need. And part of what we need is an identity. There is an identity crisis in our world today. And yet God has solved that by coming and saying, hey, listen, I want, I, I want to answer any questions that you have. I want to help you to understand who you are. You are my child. How reassuring and how comforting that should be. How a bedrock that can be that we can come back to over and over and over and over again. That our identity is found in Christ. We don't have to be paired up with somebody else to look a certain way. We don't have to be in a certain position in order to achieve a certain thing. Our identity has already been secured because of what Jesus has done. Sixth is this. God offers and has given to us a helper, the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 16, Jesus says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you. What's that last word? Forever. A helper forever. Isn't it awesome that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God resides in you and I? 
we have a helper. And there's so much I could preach a sermon just on that. And what the helper does as he helps give us guidance and helps give us direction. That he leads us, that he speaks to us. He calls to our attention truths and untruths. We have a helper. You are not alone. Seventh, we've been given strength and peace. We've been given strength and peace. Isaiah 40 verse 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Take a look at those promises. Look at what scripture is telling you there. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we cast all of our cares, throw all of our anxieties upon him, when we come and we pray to the God who we can believe will supply everything that we need, what does he give us? Peace. He gives us strength to walk through whatever battle, whatever challenges, whatever lies ahead. And he also gives us peace. A peace that the rest of the world can't understand. But if you place your faith in Jesus, he promises to supply the peace that you need. Now, it's easy to run to other things, isn't it? For peace, for strength. We want to run to people. We want to run to items that will help soothe us or help comfort us or will, who help, will maybe possibly help us just to get away for a moment, to, to, to ignore what's taking place here on this earth and to transport us to somewhere else where we can just think clearly for a little bit. That's not the option of Scripture, though. When we come to him, when we come to our Lord, when we come to our God who knows what it's like to walk on this earth, to face the struggles and the hardships that we struggle with, Jesus became fully flesh, a full man for you and for me. He intercedes on our behalf as a sympathetic high priest, because he knows exactly what is going on in our lives. We can turn to our God for strength. We can turn to his word for help. And he provides overwhelmingly an enormous amount of peace. Eight is this, wisdom. Wisdom. Many of you probably already know this passage, but James 1.5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? 
Ask. Ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. We can ask God. Our God isn't a stingy God. Notice how James describes our God. Our God is who? How is he? How does James describe him here as we're asking God, the creator? He is generous. Hmm. He gives us wisdom. Number nine, he gives us faith. He gives us faith. One of my favorite passages in the gospel is Mark chapter nine, verses 22 through 24. And it talks about a, a, a Roman soldier who is struggling with his son. His son, we see here, has been uh, infused with a demon. In verse 22, it says, and it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. You ever been there before? In those moments where you're just struggling and you're like, God, I, I believe in you, but right now I, I need your help. Because I just have a little sliver of faith. It's great to know that God gives us faith. I love Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where, where really the gift of God is the faith that is given to us. You look at the Greek and how it's parsed out. It's nothing that we could earn, but the faith that has been given to us is his grace. We also see here in Hebrews 11, verse 6, that without faith it is impossible to please him. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, can we come up with that on our own? No. It's a gift. It's something that we need, and it's something that God provides. Number 10, we are given his presence. His presence. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, says it this way, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I was, uh, one of my readings this last week, I was reading about how much Jesus quotes of the Old Testament. And, uh, and part of what he quotes the most from is Deuteronomy and Leviticus. So I'm going to set out to start my reading through the Bible this year in Leviticus. I'm not going to start in Genesis. And I want to try to find all those. There's more in Leviticus that Jesus quotes than any of the other five Pentateuch books, which is amazing to me. It's a book that we often avoid, right? That in numbers, all right? But isn't it, isn't it great where we find here in the Pentateuch in the very beginning how God works with mankind and he says, listen, I will go before you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You don't have to fear. His presence was theirs. We take great comfort in the 23rd Psalm, right? Psalm 23 verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why does the psalmist say this? Who is with him? 
It's the presence of God. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So God offers his very presence to us. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He isn't sitting on the sidelines. He isn't calling you from a cell phone. He isn't far away in some distant galaxy waiting to be called upon by pressing a certain number. He is present. That's our God. That's what he offers to us. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have interesting that he would say that and then say this and uh, here's our world right he says this for i will never leave you nor forsake you the presence of our god with us forever number 11 what does god offer to us he offers everything that we need number 11 is victory he offers us victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, but thanks to our God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the beauty of Easter and Christmas. See, we know what's coming. We know that ultimately this baby that was born at Christmas is going to live a perfect and sinless life. And as he grows, he's going to continue to be ridiculed and he's going to be shamed. And ultimately he's going to go to a cross and he's going to die for us in our place. He's going to be buried and he's going to lay in a tomb for three days. And after three days, he doesn't stay dead. He raises from the dead. He conquers sin and death and he offers eternal life. He gives us victory. The babe that was born in Bethlehem gives us victory. We have victory and it's because of Jesus Christ. It's not for the world, it's for those who choose to follow him. For those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the promises are endless. And so when you feel defeated and you feel like you can't, you can't overcome, remember this verse. Thanks be to God who gives us, you and me, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, the number 12 is this, our good. God offers to us our very good. Romans 8, 28, it's a familiar verse. We need to take notice of all of it. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We've already talked about purpose. God's given us a purpose. To bring him glory. To die to ourselves and to elevate him. What a promise that we've been given. That God offers everything that we need. And as we are living this life that we can claim and say, God no matter what takes place in my life, I can trust that it is for my good. 
So I ask you again, when you think of Christmas and you think of Jesus, and you think of why Christmas would take place, we've covered three things up until this Sunday. And today I want to encourage you that God offers to be everything that you need. Will you love him? Will you seek after him? Will you treasure what he's given you at Christmas? What a gift. And the gifts keep on giving. Like I said, I'm only doing 12 today. There's countless more, but I hope this is an encouragement to you that as you go throughout the rest of your day today and the rest of your week, and as we start a new year, that you would be encouraged and be reminded that what Jesus offers at Christmas lasts a lifetime. He has promised to give you everything that you need forever. Don't go searching other places or other things. You won't find it and you'll be disappointed. Jesus, in him, we have everything. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the beauty of the relationship with you. We've, we see the different names that were given to you, Lord, in the Old Testament. As we read the Hebrew scripture, one is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And you have provided so much for us. And it isn't just about the physical well-being. It isn't about the gifts that we have, the presence that others have given us. Lord, it is about you and the everlasting eternal relationship that we get to enjoy with you forever. Thank you for these 12 things that we've been able to look at this morning. The gifts that you've given us, the assurances, the truths. And I pray that they would resonate in our minds, in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that we would grasp hold in a deeper and more committed way of how much you really do love us and how you've promised and you've given us everything that we need. It takes fully, uh, fully committed a reliance upon you, Lord. And yet even in our weak moments, it's comforting to know that you never give up on us still. Even in our mistakes, Lord, you're still there. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this time of being in your word. And I would pray, Lord, that you would take the seeds that have been planted and help them to germinate and to grow in our hearts. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.